All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. If all goes well tonight, the Oilers could find themselves in second place in the Pacific Division. Opportunity awaits for this hockey club. It's a Sherwood Ford giant game day as the St. Louis Blues roll into town. And Frank Saravalli is going to stop by. We cannot waste any more time. Let's get to the lead. Yes, Rusty, the reckless optimist, is in the YouTube chat and he makes a great point. Tonight could be a huge night for the Edmonton Oilers. LA is in Boston. Seattle is in Carolina. Those are two very tough games. The Oilers have a Blues team that's absolutely reeling coming into Rogers Place. Edmonton could find themselves in second place in the Pacific Division by the end of the night. And even if it doesn't happen tonight, how about the opportunity that lays ahead for the rest of the month of December? Rusty, I know you have been big on the proponent of December is going to be this big turnaround. Well, the Oilers have eight more games so far this month. Their opponents in those eight games, St. Louis, Anaheim, Nashville, Dallas, Vancouver, Calgary, Seattle, and Winnipeg. Eight teams. Only three of them are above 500, above 500 in their last 10 games. The Oilers are seven and three in their last 10 games. They're starting to play well. You look at the road ahead and you see a lot of teams that are kind of just sputtering along. This is a really intriguing opportunity for this hockey club to bank some points and put themselves in a really nice spot heading into 2023. It is a Sherwood Ford giant game day. Our friends at Sherwood Ford have a fantastic mobile service department. It offers a convenient option to get repairs and maintenance for most makes and models of vehicles completed. Get this, Liam, get this, at your home or at your work. Let's say I'm here, I'm doing the show, and I'm like, ah, the nation truck needs an oil change. Mm -hmm. You know what I do? I go to the Sherwood Ford mobile service department. They skirt on up while I'm doing the show. They fix it all up. And they're gone. And I and I just sit here. I do my thing. I do my job. And there you have it. I literally couldn't tell you one other place that does that. I couldn't either. That's why we love our friends at Sherwood yep. Ford. Also, it is the lead brought to you by Soho on Jasper. SohoYeg.com. $8 for a pint and a slice while you go there and watch the Oilers game on their 100-inch screen. Or it's on Jasper Ave. It's right by the rink. It's a pregame spot. I would argue it's one of the better pregame spots in the entire city. Find out more, SohoYeg.com. Liam, the Oilers have eight more games in the month of December. Tonight's a big one against St. Louis. What do you want to see their record be in these final eight as they take on, like I said, only three teams that are above 500 in their last 10? Well, I would like it to be 8-0. 
<laughs> I think if, <laughs> if they can go, I honestly don't even know the full schedule properly, but just off base of these next two games, I think these mm-hmm. next two are very winnable. After Christmas, they have three in a row, right? Yeah, I think I think if this team can go five and three, that's very respectable. Five, six and two, maybe? Six and six two, and my two, guy. Let's lock thinking. in on six and two. That's I think true. Should- they got to start getting some momentum going here. And they've started to get it. What are they now? Six and eight in the last, uh, sorry. Seven and, and three in their last time. Yeah, there it is. That's what I was trying to say. So they're on a roll right now. There's nothing to say they just can't continue that. But did you see that thing where they've gone seven and three in their first 10, three and seven in their next 10, and now mm-hmm. seven and three in their last 10? It seems to be a common trend here, folks. You know what we should do? It's the, it's the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And everyone's in a giving mood, you know? If the Oilers go six and two, Maybe we should make a little food bank donation a thing. Yeah. So but here, I you can on. scold me after. Okay. Because I know you have a light goal today. I do. I do. But here's what we'll do for the food bank. However many likes we get on the show, that is how much we will donate to the food bank if the Oilers go six and two for the rest of the month. So there's some motivation for people it, to hit that it, like button. In total or just from today's show? Just from today's show while we're live. However many likes we get today, we'll take that amount of money. It's going to the food bank if the Oilers go six and two. Down yeah, the stretch. Sounds good to me. What is our like goal today? Tell the people. All right. Well, now that you've said that, it feels, it feels wrong to say the least. So. Oh, I shouldn't have set you up for this, actually. Yeah, that is. Uh, I remember what you told. Okay. <laughs> so this is, I'll explain how I got to this number before I announce the number. So if you do Wayne Gretzky's points total with St. Louis, with Neil Yakupov's and Magnus Payavi, it comes to 69. So today's like goal is 69. Yep. For that reason and food bank donations. We're going to crush that like goal because we're already at 25. However many we get to while we're live, that money is going to go to the food bank as long as the others go six and two. We need some yeah. juice here. Tyler Mulix in the chat. He says, boom, I'll match. Smart Cowboy says, boom, I'll match. There so there go. we go. It's the holiday season. Time for giving. I'll also match is set up. I'll A lot of people saying they'll match. Time. So you know what? We got something good going on here, I think, on Oilers Nation every day. Should we? What are we going to donate? Soup? No, just you just can go to their everything? website, just monetary donation of the site. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, that works nice. Can you imagine if I did total items? If we did total <laughs> items, we got like 130 likes, and it's like, oh my God. Oh, wow. Total items. <laughs> it's a lot of craft dinner we'd have to go buy. up to 29 likes. I like it too. 30. There you go. 30 likes. We're trying to get to 69 today, and we're trying to do something good for the food bank here in the month of December. As always, we are live on the Nation Network YouTube. That is where we are reading the chat, also on the Nation Network Facebook and Twitter. Frank Saravalli is going to be by in a couple of minutes, and we've got a comment here from Peter King who says, let's try to go a whole show without mentioning JP. Peter, you might not like where we're going with our friend Frank Saravalli. Of course, we got to ask him about Yeso Pugliarvi. If there's any other questions you want me to throw Frank's way, you can drop them in the chat right now. Uh, Desker says the Oilers are going to light up the blues to forget about last game. Uh, we could talk about that matchup a little bit. We're going to do our full Sherwood Ford Giant pregame uh, preview after our hit with Frank. But the point is, this is a blues team that is struggling right now. I think three wins in their last 10 games. Liam, it's not exactly going well for St. Louis. They've been a wildly streaky team so far this season. And part of the reason why is because they can't keep pucks out of their own net. And you might sit there and go, Tyler, is this the same St. Louis team that's allowed one goal in regulation in their last two games? Yeah, but despite the fact that they've only allowed one goal in regulation in their last two games, they are still putrid on the year the fourth most goals against per game on the season and a big reason why is because their penalty kill is absolutely junk it is terrible 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 31st in the nhl in pk percentage and again keep in mind before i tell you this number liam they are 30 or sorry they have allowed one goal in regulation in their last two games still in the month of december they've they've allowed the second most goals in the nhl and I think another just absolutely insane stat with them is the fact that they don't even give up that many penalties a game. Like there it is. They're the 30th least penalty minutes in this, in the league. Yeah, they are per game. And they still have the 30th worst penalty kill. It's amazing to be honest, like just kind of how that worked out. And for a St. Louis team, I think we've always 
you always associate them with those like good defensive work rate, like good defensive hockey team, all this stuff. And now we're just seeing the complete opposite of what that they are this season. And you would have to imagine that's the one spot the others are going to want to truly capitalize on is you have a deadly power play and they have a dead penalty kill. So that's why the others are going to try and make the money tonight, right? Yeah. Uh, Eric Richards says he's preparing for a boring game. And that makes a lot of sense considering the last two times these two teams have gone head to head. It's been very low scoring. If you take out the empty netters, only four goals between the two sides in these two games. And a big reason why is because the St. Louis Blues have found a way to shut down Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. I don't get it. And quite frankly, I wonder, is that something the Blues are actually doing well? Or is it something where they're just kind of getting a little lucky? You know, and that can be a part of it. The Oilers haven't gotten a lot of looks with the man advantage. That means not a lot of chances for McDavid and Drysaddle to expose the awful, horror awful penalty kill of uh, of the St. Louis Blues. But on the year, and we can take it, we can take a peek at this. McDavid and Drysaddle. McDavid's only been held off the score sheet four times. Drysaddle's only been held off the score sheet five times. These are from Jason Greger's game notes on OilersNation.com. Go down the list here. Connor McDavid's had seven four-point games this year. That is insane. <laughs> I think the funniest thing about this thing we got up here is the fact Dreisaitl has had two five-point games, but only one four-point game. Yeah, he doesn't like sitting <laughs> at that number four. If he's sitting at three, he kind of sits there on the bench and he goes, listen, I'm going to get one more. I better be damn sure <laughs> yeah. that there's enough time for me to pick up one more. But if you go three-plus point games, and Gregor had this stat, I think it's tremendous. McDavid's gone over three points or three points or more nine times. Dreisaitl, seven. That's crazy considering there's only three other players in the NHL who have had more than six. Yeah. I mean, that's just insane, isn't it? What these guys have been able to do this season. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very interesting because we the last two games you have played, you played Minnesota, who you just can't beat. I know they beat them on Friday. Yeah, but like they've lost eight of their last nine. Yeah, the then you play Nashville, who Drysaddle just dominates every time he plays. And now you're playing St. Louis, who just shut down McDavid and Drysaddle. Three like very different yeah. storylines for there. So this is a night where, if it's the case again, where the depth, uh, the McDavid and Drysaddle just aren't able to get going, then Oilers are going to need some other guys to step up. And I think this is a could be a good momentum boost, I suppose. Like yep. the depth is actually producing a little bit more now too. Yeah. So. Keep this up for a, a little bit longer, Alex, but I just wanted to keep going with uh, what Gregor's talking about. Although your thing, that ties into keys to the game maybe, which mm-hmm. we'll get to a little bit later in the show. So McDavid has nine games with three plus points. Dreisaitl has seven. Crosby, Kucherov, Rantanen, and Thompson have done it six times. The only other four guys who've done it six times or more. And then there's two players who've done it five times. Jason Robertson, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Hot wow. damn, what a season for Nuggy. Yeah, he's coming through. A lot of people were talking about because they changed the all-star voting, right? Yeah. So a lot of people were like, okay, well, who are we getting in? Nuge or Skinner? Who, like, who would you vote be? I mean, I, I would feel happy to send Nuge to an all-star game. He's having such a good one. year, man. Yeah, he's, uh, I think I think that one's pretty locked and loaded from Oilers fans. And also, remember how the all-star game works, right? Each division sends two or three goalies. However, that right, uh, yeah, uh, they send two. Remember. Each division sends two, so it's like the top twenty-five percent for goalies in a division get in. So, so you might even not need to. <laughs> let's look. Logan Thompson, K, okay. he's the guy. Yeah, the Kraken have had terrible goaltending. Yeah. The Kings have had terrible goaltending. Markstrom's been brutal or inconsistent, I should say. Thatcher Demko's hurt, hasn't played a lot. Yeah, so he's not going. You're not sending James Reimer to the All-Star game. And then John Gibson. John Gibson. Has, like Skinner might yeah. legitimately be an All-Star on merit yeah, this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Might not even need to vote him in. Yeah. They're All-Stars for the Oilers. Uh, there is a lot that we need to get to with our friend Frank Saravalli. Can you ask him about Troy Terry? No, we're not. <laughs> And Tyler Mulek's in the chat saying that he's kind of backing you up. Okay, you know what? Let's let's get to frankly speaking with Frank Saravalli. No, do we have a bumper? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Frank, just quickly tell Liam he's insane for thinking Troy Terry could get moved. Absolutely insane. Makes no sense. Troy Terry bordering on elite. And has maybe had some of the best seasons that no one has really been talking about, especially when you drill down on the underlying numbers and how 
valuable he is to the Anaheim Ducks and their age range of what they'd be pushing doesn't make any sense. The comparison someone in the chat said was to defend you, Liam, was, well, the Brinkett got traded. Similar situation is what they said. But I feel like the Ducks are trying to climb up a little bit more. Similar how? Young sniper, future star. Yeah, but DeBrinket needed a contract that had a $9 yep. million qualifying offer, which is yep. a big reason why he was... The The Blackhawks mm-hmm. like, we're not signing this guy to a seven-year deal when the next five of them are going to be no good. Let's trade him and get the assets that they needed. They picked three times in the first round. I would say, if anything, that's the one thing Anaheim needs is to kind of get more first-round picks because they don't have many. Yeah. Uh, you were at the Board of Governors meeting earlier this week. Uh, the salary cap is something obviously a lot of Oilers fans are paying close attention to. There was a moment where we were like, hey, this thing might go up four and a half million dollars. It seems now, correct me if I'm wrong, that's not likely to happen. I am going to correct you because I think that is okay. incorrect. Um, I've never been more convinced that the salary cap will be going up by three, three and a half, four million dollars this summer. And the reason for that is, Tyler, we finally learned the data that the NHL has in their arsenal. And that is that the current projection is only $70 million is remaining or projected to be remaining on the debt to be repaid from players to owners. Bettman also revealed for the first time that the debt had originally ballooned to $1.5 billion at one point. So that means that if only 70 is remaining, that the players will have paid off 96% of their debt. And that 70 million would be on pace to be paid off probably before puck drop even happens to open the regular season next season. So therefore, to keep an artificially low cap for one more season with such little remaining on the books is not just damaging to the overall game, but I think, in fact, there's going to be enough governors and owners that are upset saying we need to come to some sort of negotiation to get our cap moving in the right direction because there's so much stagnation when it comes to player transactions that I think they're going to push it forward and say, hey, let's negotiate some kind of deal with the PA, whoever's in charge of the NHL PA at that point, to then get the cap increase so we don't have a fourth straight season of a flat and or frozen cap yeah like because when i heard that 70 million dollar number the first thing that popped in my head was well if you can get the cap to go up an extra three mil that's what a potential 96 million dollars that could be available to the players it would have made sense for them just say hey we'll scrape together whatever and get this thing paid off so you think it could go up that's good news for a gm like ken holland hey It's good news for like 25 out of the 32 teams. Like quite honestly, like that's the thing. This is like a, uh, I hate to use the term victimless crime, but like that's sort of, if, if they end up wiping that debt away, that's sort of essentially what it is or, or change in how it's paid back uh, the formula. Like it, it just makes sense that almost everyone benefits here. Yeah. Uh, Another thing that was loosely discussed, Gary Bettman shot down the idea of changing up the playoff format at all, saying that you don't kind of mess with a good thing. You're trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. I'm torn on it. On one hand, I kind of like the idea of 16 of your 32 teams get in, and that's a good even number, 50%. You got to be in the top half of the league to make the playoffs. What's your thought on potentially adding a play-in game? Do you like the idea? I tend to agree with you that I'm way more of a traditionalist in that sense. That, like, I think it's a nice round number. Like, and the NHL has had to do considerable work to get to that point. Consider that when Gary Bettman was elected as commissioner December 11th, so last Sunday, 30 years ago, 1992, Tyler was not yet born. And there were 24 teams in the NHL, and Gary Bettman was commissioner, and 16 made the playoffs. They've added that many teams now where it's a 50-50 proposition. So it's trended in the right direction for this entire time. However, I would say that I would like to see a play-in tournament, but only on the basis that you must be within a certain number of points to trigger a play-in tournament. So let's say, I don't know, call it five points or 10 points. Well, then we're going to invite the ninth and 10th place team in each conference 
to participate in this play in tournament, give the couple teams at the top a rest. And I thought it was a really interesting point made by Cam Sharon today on Daily Faceoff yeah. Live, even if you delivered it a little bit quickly. Um, <laughs> but when you think about the situation, it would solve the NHL's biggest problem for eight teams every year, a quarter of the league, which is they end up in no man's land. They're too far away from the draft lottery. They have absolutely nothing to play for because they're too far away from the playoffs. And it ends up being the most miserable season possible where you are then basically hanging your hopes on a 3% or 1% chance that your team somehow miraculously by the grace of God gets in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. It doesn't, I, I think adding in a playoff play in, in that case it doesn't hurt anyone. It adds drama. It could potentially add some more revenue, although Bettman seemed to indicate that he doesn't think that would be the case. I just think it would spice it up. Like, I'm all for, let's just, like, let's get wild. This is supposed to be fun. It's pro sports. Like, it's so overly serious. I I don't mind, and I thought Cam Sharon made a good point of just doing it the way the NBA does, because then it actually creates, like, a ripple effect of playoff races, right? If it's like, okay, team number seven plays 10 and eight plays nine, then all of a sudden you're pushing to try to get out of spot seven. So there's a race there. Then there's a race, if all the games happen in one building, to get from nine or 10 to potentially seven or eight to get a playoff, to get the home playoff spots as well. And then there's also the race just to get into the play-in. Like it would create a lot of layers and potentially some drama down the stretch. So I do see that side of it being like, oh man, the, the last two weeks of the season could just be wildly intense. And to be fair, Frank, like we haven't gotten a lot of good playoff races the last couple of years. Well, I think the response from the commissioner was this is going to dilute the regular season. And I would argue that it actually makes it way more intriguing and interesting that, you know, if you can be within five points or whatever the number is, like you can't have a play in scenario where a team's like 30 points back. Like that's absolutely yeah. insane. Like, I, and I don't think anyone should be advocating for that. But that's why I sort of gave it the caveat of like, well, if you're within five points in an 82 game season, your, your team is mostly the same anyway. Like, don't give me the whole, like, um, you know, holier than thou, like, well, our team's in a playoff spot. Like, it, you're five points better. You're the same team after 82 games. So, um, for me, I, I think it's just stuff like this should be considered every year. You get to the Board of Governors meetings. Let's take complacency, traditionalism, and throw it out the window. Let's get wild. Let's have a million different conversations about what works, what might work. And frankly, also sometimes what doesn't work? What's an insane idea that makes no sense? Put it all out there. Let's have fun. Let's, it's not even just fun. Let's try and make the game better. It's this like, for whatever reason, Tyler, the NHL gets complacent. It's like, we're really happy being a five and a half billion dollar league. We're a niche sport in the NHL in the US. They, it could just be better. It can, it's possible. Mm -hmm. All right, uh, the chat is clamoring for me to get some insider info out of you, Frank. All week, we have been talking about the fact that Pat Verbeek was in attendance for two Oilers games. And everyone's wondering, could the Ducks be interested in Yessa Pugliarvi? Could Pugliarvi be taking the plane home with Anaheim after their game on Saturday? Are we reading way too much into Pat Verbeek just being at a couple Oilers games? Maybe. I. So the games were, where, where were the games played? Nashville? They were Minnesota-Nashville. Okay. It's interesting that he traveled to those locations on back-to-back -back nights, if I'm also not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so I don't have any inside info in terms of what that might mean. Um, okay. Would Pugliarvi make sense as a dumping ground, if you will? I, I know I can't say that to the, to the Pugliarvi uh, faithful, um, but that's where it's at at the moment. And... They're one team that has made it abundantly obvious to everyone else. We are willing to take your problems off your hands. We, you got to pay us to do it, but we can, you can send your contracts here that you can't move anyone else, anywhere else. So uh, that's part of it. But I also think you'd have to look at some of the other pieces on their roster too, right? Um, you know, what about a John Klingberg in the final year of his deal? Um, if, if you are convinced that the Oilers need a defenseman, he would seem to make a lot of sense. He's like the best, I would say he's the best well-rounded defenseman available. Is that fair to say? 
Yeah, the only thing would be one, his cap hit, but if the Ducks kept half of it, him and Pugliarvi would almost be a wash. And then you're obviously still throwing in picks to make it work. But also he's a righty, right? So how would you slot him in considering you have three righties on your roster already? I think he's also spent a bit of time playing in his career on the left side, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe there's some uh, yeah. balance or flexibility there, but I don't know. I, I just think the Ducks are in a spot where they're open to considering a lot of things. I just don't think Troy Terry is one of them. <laughs> Liam catching a stray right at the end of that one as well. Uh, what about the idea? Like I, we floated this one out the other day on the show. Pugliarvi for Comtois. I, you know, big forward, big forward, two young guys could use a change of scenery. Flip them. So the Oilers would have to add something. Um, they would? Okay. I, I think I've spent a lot of time watching Comtois. I saw him at World Junior. Um, he's <laughs> such an engaging and interesting personality. Um, and I think there's something there. I don't know why he hasn't been able to put it all together in Anaheim. Um, but I, I'm, he makes sense to me. Um, yeah, he's just, he's got a lot of, he's got a lot in that skill set that has not really even scratched the surface in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Last year, heading into the deadline, you know, Claude Giroux was the big name, obviously. Then there were some defensemen like Ben Schrott that ended up getting moved. This year, I'm looking at the list of guys that could be available. And like if the Blues, they're in town tonight, if they fall out of it, like Tarasenko probably isn't re-signing there anyway. So you could see them potentially moving him. O'Reilly could be on the block. You have the two big guns in Chicago. You have Bo Horvat in Vancouver now. Timo Timo Meyer in uh, San Jose. I'm looking at this list and I'm like, man, there's almost like an embarrassment of riches that could potentially be available on the trade market. Could this be like one of the spiciest deadlines we've had in recent memory? I know we're still a ways away, but. Yeah, I think my only fear is that some of it happens in January or February. We don't actually make it to deadline day. But nonetheless, I think your point is valid that like this could be one of the best deadline periods. And it's also happening at a time when there's so much intrigue because we just talked about the salary cap and how hard it is to move money. This is going to be the year of the third party broker. I'm calling it now. Like Mm -hmm. it's happening. You're going to see a number of teams step up, including Anaheim, Chicago, Buffalo, Arizona to wield their cap space and make things work, get assets in return. And that's the only way it's going to happen with a lot of these guys. Like how many teams, even if they wanted Bo Horvat, like they're going to need help trying to fit his cap hit into their team. Like so many teams aren't even accruing cap space in LTIR. It's, it's a crazy, crazy year. And and I'm, I'm here for all of it because I think not only that, it's going to be a really interesting summer as well. What happened? Like David Pasternak, there has not really been any drama because I think everyone knows like the Bruins are, even if on the odd chance they can't find a way to re-sign him, they're not trading him. Like this team is right in yep. it. So they'd just be keeping him. So it's sort of been quiet to think like, hey, these are so many names that could impact next summer as well. And you you are here for it and you will be here for it with a weekly hit on Oilers Literally. Nation every day. Uh, Frank, we're going to let you go because we might have, Liam, tell me if this is true, what I'm reading in the chat. We might have the juiciest clip that's come out of the Oilers in a while in a press conference. Another oiler may have said something to Jim Matheson. Oh, we got K okay, Frank. We oh, got okay. to let I you go stay and for dig this. into that. I'm staying for this. Kid, do you what? What's the quote? The the quote was um, Jim Matheson asked Clem Costin if he keeps up with like the St. Louis Blues, and Clem Costin told him that fans think Jim Matheson asked the worst questions to the Oilers. The fans don't like your questions. I saw on Twitter. You need to change something. <laughs> is what Clem Costin said to Jim Matheson. <laughs> Yikes. Prepare the t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right? oh, the only thing I can think of is like home alone, like Buzz's girlfriend. Woof. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for your time this week, Frank. See you guys. <laughs> Let's get it. Okay. We're, can we clip? get the clip, Alex? Could we find that on Twitter? Is it someone has, oh, do you yeah. have a tweet of it? Okay, it let's is. see if we can play that for the people before the end of the show. Um, I'll find it. Okay, Liam, we're putting Liam to work here as we dig into uh, the Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition okay. of the show. You heard me say it earlier. Their mobile service is absolutely tremendous. Check out more. There's actually a link in our uh, description of today's episode if you want to find out more about our friends at Sherwood Ford. Uh, Clem Costin, 
my God, if you weren't already a fan favorite, we're going to roll that clip for you right away. Uh, let's get into some other goodies here as we get set for tonight's game against the St. Louis Blues. They are rolling into town with just three wins in their last 10 games on the season. The St. Louis Blues are 13, 15 and one with a minus 23 goal differential. Their penalty kill is abysmal. Their power play is not that great either. Um, there's just really a not not a lot going well for this St. Louis Blues team. I should add their power play um, 21st in the NHL since the start of December. They are giving up a lot of goals. They are not scoring a ton. This is a game in which the Oilers need to come out and put their best foot forward. They're back on home ice. You're coming off a big win against the Nashville Predators. You split a tough set on the road. Keep building on the positive momentum that you seem to be creating in uh, in the seven and three run that you're currently on for the Edmonton Oilers. They've also found a way to really improve their home record uh, nine, seven and oh on the season at home at Rogers Place are the Edmonton Oilers. Um, here's a little fun stat about the Oilers as well. Only team in the NHL who have not had a loser point yet. Hmm. I, part of it is yeah. they're just really good in OT like they've won a couple in OT now. Um, but. Yeah, they. It was a while that they didn't even get to overtime. I think it was till after the twenty game mark. Yeah, it was out there, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, kind of, kind of would like to get them there a little bit more if they're coming from behind a little bit, I suppose. But is what it is. Just get two points. I don't give a damn if you get one. Just get the two. This Blues team is in is, is in an interesting spot. Like I said, uh, they're actually relatively healthy, which is surprising when you look at their top six on dailyfaceoff.com and see that Josh Levo is playing on their top line and he's been playing on their top line for quite some time as well. It's Ryan O'Reilly with Brandon Saad and Josh Levo. Maybe I shouldn't talk too much smack about number 17 on the Blues, considering he has two goals in his last five games. Uh, the second line is Braden Shen with Pavel Buchnevich and Vladimir Tarasenko. Robert Thomas with Ivan Barbashev and Jordan Cairo. Man, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. Those are two guys who just set the world on fire last year. I remember chatting with uh, Jordan Cairo when I was at NHL All-Star. And like we, it, it was just the two of us. No one else even came to the guy's booth. I actually felt kind of bad for mm -hmm. him. And I was like, Man, you're a 30 goal scorer at the All Star break. Like, did you even think you could do this? And he kind of laughed. And he was like, honestly, if you told me I'd be sitting here as a 30 goal scorer at the break, I wouldn't believe you. And we had a good chuckle about it. You could probably ask the same question to Tage Thompson this year. Yeah, you, you probably could. Guy, I mean, right? he almost scored 40 last year, but like for him to True. repeat it after yeah. getting that big ticket, you're right. Um, but, anyways, the point I'm getting at here with both Thomas and Cairo, there have been a lot of questions about their commitment to playing defense this year. Um, there's something Mike McKenna's hit on a lot on the daily on daily faceoff live. And they're just flat out not having as good of a season as they should be. Both Thomas and Cairo, only 16 goals between the two of them so far this season. Now, the fourth line for the Blues actually features a couple of former Oilers, our Aussie friend, Nathan Walker, who we all love, with Tyler Pitlick, who is another guy. Man, I had high hopes for Tyler Pitlick. And correct me if I'm wrong, he got off to a start to the season with the Oilers. And I think I'll actually be able to fact check it. I think he got hurt. Yeah. So he yeah. had like 10 goals in 20 some games. I want to say with the Oilers one year, uh, yeah. his last season with teams sorry, eight goals in 31 games. And it was like, man, Tyler Pitlick is on a 20 goal pace right now. And then he blew out his ACL. And if I remember correctly, it would have been the 1670 season. I think it was a game against the blues in St. Louis. 16-17, it was, December 19th against the St. Louis Blues. He played eight minutes, he scored, and then he blew out his ACL and he was done for the season. Pitlick now with the Blues. I always liked him, though. I liked him, too. And he went to Dallas right after, right? Yeah. He ended if I remember up, rightly, he only he was only on like a $1 million deal. That's all he's pretty much ever made. Yeah, like he's which, just bounced around a ton. Which, for me, is like the Oilers in that stage, like, would have been nice to probably keep someone like that around. You know, like who else really needed to take the risk on him? What was the risk for you? You have a guy on $1 million. You're not very good anyway. Yeah. And yeah, I get it. Like he's maybe he wasn't going to come back as a, with his knee, but he'd also scored eight goals through him. What did you say? 31 games that season? Like yeah. the promise was there. I thought that was actually quite disappointing. I specifically remember being bummed about that one every single time I see his name. Well, and they, Dallas signed him again, coming off the ACL thing yeah. and he popped home 14 goals for them. He almost had 30 points. He's a good player. Yeah. And since then, so it was two years in Dallas. 
Then it was a year in Philly, a year in Arizona, a year in Calgary, and then a year in Montreal. Now he finds himself in St. Louis. Like this guy is on his sixth team in six seasons. And he's in the lineup now. He's played 20 games. He only has the one goal. He's in a fourth line role. But we hear about the Oilers. And, you know, this is coming from obviously someone who just said he likes Tyler Pitlick. But we're more familiar with him than another fourth liner on another team. He's making league minimum. If one of the Oilers' goals is to be harder to play against, what he's he costs you conditionals in, at the deadline. Why in, not? In some ways, he's very similar to kind of what Clem Carson is right now from when he was younger, right? A bottom six guy yeah. who can contribute offensively and brings a positive impact to the team. And yeah, I think if you can find a guy like that at the deadline, then why not? If you're going to go out and get a Derek Brassard for, Derek Brassard for a fourth round pick, Tyler Pitlick's probably a guy you can go look at too. And like you said, I'm sure there's other guys around the league who can do what he does too, but yeah. we're just more familiar with him. And I've always kind of appreciated his game. Yeah, me too. Uh, that's how the Blues forward lineup looks on the blue line. It's Letty with the big local product, Colton Pareko, Krug with Falk, Mikola with Robert Bortuzzo. And I do believe, Liam, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think, is it Binnington getting the start tonight? For sounds the like Blues? it, yeah. Yeah, so it sounds like it's going to be Jordan Binnington against Stuart Skinner tonight between the pipes for the Oilers. Binnington on the year, 3.23 goals against average, 894 save percentage, and he leads the NHL in piss baby moments per 60. This guy is a loser. <laughs> um, all he does is just whine and do dumb stuff. And his coach is even sick of it, saying earlier in the season that in reference to the antics, it has to stop, just stop the puck. Um, Jordan Binnington coming off a shutout, 25 save shutout of the Nashville Predators. But before that, in his four games previously, he allowed 17 goals. Yikes. Including a Yikes. couple games where he couldn't even crack an 800 save percentage. So all that to say, Jordan Bennington's a guy you can beat if you're the Oilers tonight. Yeah, definitely. I don't think he's anything too special unless you get into the playoffs with him. Then he kind of turns the page a little bit. But he's uh, it's one thing I was thinking about coming in. is like, could that be like a key to victory is getting under his skin? But then I thought, who's going to do it? Who's going to, like, is Clem, Clem Costin the guy, I suppose, would be the one? But, yeah, I don't know. I think I think Bennington is a very beatable goalie for the Oilers. Do we have the clip, Alex? Do we have the Costin clip before we get to uh, Oilers lines? 100 views. Oh, I see it. Let's get it. Let's give it to the people, Alex. I haven't, I haven't heard this. This is my first time seeing it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So do you still pay attention to how St. Louis does in the games? Oh, I think the fans don't like your questions, eh? In a, on a Twitter, yeah. I saw it. You need, you, you need to change something. <laughs> well, I'm still waiting for your question to us. <laughs> oh, one, more, one more time. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's definitely not aggressive. Yeah. yeah. So like when I when you read the quote. It sounds aggressive. Like just again, maybe it's because of our perception perception of Jimmy and how players usually uh, interact with them. But it sounds like whoa, yeah. <laughs> Did he go like hard at him? 
this sounds like clean cost and just like scrolling through Twitter. In that case, I just want to keep tweeting good stuff about clean cost. And if he's going to see it, wonder, my prince, my king. I wonder if he sees my Mr. Clean. Probably. That'd be nice. What a man. Like everything, it's been like two weeks of Clem Costin just quickly becoming the most favorable player in Edmonton. So Jacob's in the chat um, and says, gosh, yikes, not cool, man. I get Matheson isn't great, but come on. I mean, if you can watch the, my takeaway from that clip is Clem Costin is just having some fun with Jim. You don't yeah. think Jim knows that the fans don't like his question? He does. I talked to Jim. Like, I don't know. Yeah. We've both met Jim. Uh, I think he has a humorous side to him. Like he's, he's, uh, he's not as bad as people make him out to be. I think it's well, a good way to put it. But also, just, uh, sorry, just at the end of the clip, he also says, sorry, can you just repeat the question as he's like, they're clearly laughing with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, J there are a lot of people around Oilers Twitter, I will say, who, who they are in person in terms of being kind of like nasty and sour is exactly who they are in real life. Jim Matheson has like the snarky side on Twitter. Yeah. In person, I am telling you, he is the one of the nicest men on the planet. I've never had like a bad interaction with Jim. I love him. He gave me a lot of advice one time in the Oil Kings press conference room. So shout out Jim. Yeah, I always have a... You're never not smiling when you're chatting with old Jimmy Matheson. Um, anyways, Alex is in, says, we need more of this in interviews. And yeah, it's like a fun bit of back and forth. And I don't know, anyone who thinks this is like, Clean Costin taking a stab at Jim Matheson, which also may have would have been hilarious. Yeah, yes. This is just just fun banter. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Flute says he seemed so uncomfortable saying it. I mean, his English isn't great, yeah. so it's probably what that comes from. Um, oh, that's good. That is good, good, good. Uh, let's get to your lines tonight for the Edmonton Oilers, just based on how they were at their skate today. It seems like things are going to stay the same for uh, Jay Woodcroft and company. McDavid with Drysaddle and Hyman, the line that makes a five-on-five -five look like a power play rather consistently. Nuge with Yanmark and Yamamoto. Hamblin with Holloway and Pugliarvi. Shore with Clem Shady, Clem Costin, and Derek Ryan. And the D-pairings. Nurse with CeCe, Kulak with Barry, Broberg with Bouchard. Broberg with Bouchard, a duo who had tremendous numbers in that game against Nashville. And, you know, we had high hopes for Broberg coming into the season. Mm -hmm. A lot of people said, hey, is he going to be capable of being your everyday third pairing kind of defenseman? Left shot, give you maybe a little bit of puck moving, a little bit of speed, and just be good enough in his own end. Early on, he was hurt. That wasn't happening. But now I think I look at Broberg and I go, Liam, yeah, you know, damn right. He's doing this Broberg right now is exactly the bar and the goal I would have set for him at the beginning of the season. He's playing great. Yeah, he's, he's doing not really great, well. but he's, he's playing well. Yeah, I think the main thing for him is you're not hearing about him a lot. He's just kind of out there. He's doing his thing. You see him skate around and you say, oh, there's 86. I forgot he was playing. It's not a bad thing. It means he's kind of growing into the NHL. And I think for a young defenseman who... Broberg has the capabilities of being a very good offensive player. But right now he's learning how to play defense in the league. And like you said, the numbers against Nashville reflect on a kid that's kind of growing into it a little bit more. And I think that's just what it is. And like, there's always going to be the comparisons with him of, oh, he was picked ahead of Caulfield and Zegers. And like, I get it. But I think it's just a lot different for defensemen developing compared to forwards and especially mm -hmm. the teams those two players are on. So I believe in Broberg. I think just got to keep playing him. And I'm really happy to see that he's found a continuous spot in this team. And the others just haven't kept flipping him for Ryan Murray. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Smart Cowboy says it wouldn't take much to be better than Murray. Yeah. I mean, fair. <laughs> sure. Uh, just to give you guys some context into what I was talking about with how good Broberg and Bouchard were. So at five on five against Nashville, they played nine minutes and 18 seconds together in that time. One, the goals were one to nothing. So they weren't on the ice for a goal against. They were on the ice for a goal for. That works. Uh, the <laughs> shots were 11 to 5 in favor of the Oilers. The scoring chances were 8 to 3 in favor of the Oilers. And granted, they started or they had a lot more offensive zone faceoffs compared to D zone faceoffs. They started or they had eight O zones, three neutrals, and two defensive zones. But out of their 13 shifts together in that game, they started 10 of them on the fly. So again, Jay Woodcroft feeling comfortable just using this as a duo that, hey, as the play's kind of going, there's some flow, boom, 
send them over the boards and you're getting good results. So I think all of that is really, really encouraging and hopefully a solid building block for them. Also, the forward line they were out there with the most was Devin Shore's line. So it's not like they're just milking minutes with McDavid and Dreisaitl. They spent over four minutes. Their three most popular forwards that Bouchard was on the ice with, Shore, Pugliarvi, Costin. Yeah, and I've, that's an interesting, actually. You say that it's not like they're out there with McDavid and Dreisaitl every mm-hmm. shift. They're out there with a line that is probably going to put them in a bad spot every now and then, but it's good to see. Then, like... um <sighs> feel like at the start of the season we were critical a little bit maybe more me than other people of woodcraft and manson's decisions of when players were going yeah. on the ice but it feels like those two have also adjusted very well recently into putting players in better spots to thrive and then we've seen that a lot with bouchard and broberg like i said that fourth line is playing a lot better now as well i think and that third line is thriving a little bit more mm-hmm. and yeah like i think it's shown a lot of promise and i guess another thing on that too is just we spoke about a lot too is like the strength of schedule and how a cup contender shouldn't really worry about it. Mm. But sometimes I guess the flip side of that is if you play in weaker opponents, it allows you to gain more confidence rather than going at it every single night and not really sure how it's going to go. You know what I'm trying to say? So yeah. I think that's helping the others out a lot too. And maybe that's what's helping. This is the stretch Broberg has come in for now has been a lot lighter for the team and a lot more available to, to thrive. So I think it's great to see, and it's good to see there's two young guys that are doing it together and not just Broberg and CC. Someone in the chat was saying that uh, we need to update the jerseys on dailyfaceoff.com because they're still orange. Yes, maybe we need to send our boy Brock to the sports closet where he can uh, pick up some new Oilers jerseys. Brock, get the right look. You can get the right look, sportscloset.ca, or picking up a gift for the sports fan in your life. Tonight, the Oilers are wearing their reverse retros. Look at that. Beautiful Connor McDavid one on our wall here, courtesy of the sports closet. They got it all there. They got the jerseys. They got different names on the back. And they have all the apparel that goes with it. There's like a sweet starter jacket kind of thing that I love. It is on my Christmas list, if anyone's watching. The uh, the reverse retro Adidas starter jacket looks sick. Got the logo on it. Then on the back, it's got like big writing. It's dope. Anyways, you can uh, take a look at it yourself. Sportscloset.ca. We're currently at 114 viewers, Tyler. That is the most that we've is... ever had in the... the history of the show on YouTube. So I dropped a message in the chat just so everyone knows. If the Oilers go 6-2 and two in the next eight games, which puts them to the end of December, we are taking donations to the food bank for every yeah. like we get on the video. We're currently at 60, uh, sorry, 83. So if we could get to 100, I think that would be fantastic. Yeah, you know what? Let's try to get the likes to a nice even 100 today. And then when the Oilers go six and two, bang, we're donating 100 bucks to the food bank. Yeah, it's easy as yeah. that. And if you want to join in on that uh, little, I won't quite call it a wager because we're not really wagering anything, but that little. Do you want to help out? You want to help out? Yeah. I know a couple of you said early, a couple of the regulars were in and we're like, hey, we'll match that. So why not? Let's hit 100 likes, everybody. Um, All right. Yeah, Kyler. Damn, 110 viewers, new record. And you know what? I, the 110 viewers is great. And what I love doing when we get to a number like this is encouraging people who haven't jumped into the chat before on YouTube to jump into the chat as well. Um, cause we have all of our regulars, which are my, they're quickly becoming my favorite people are, I mean, I I don't want to rattle them off cause I want to miss everyone, but you guys know who you are. I read your comments a ton and uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, McJesus in says, when's Oilers nation after dark happening? Yes, that is coming in 2023. Oilers Nation mm-hmm. After Dark, and we're going to be introducing a new voice. I'll give you some hints. It's going to be a new voice hosting the show. They do not work for Oilers Nation yet. And save the beatcast stuff, too, whatever. Um, <laughs> new voice, never had any content going on Oilers Nation. No. Nope. But he's been on this show before. There oh. you go. There you go. And let's get some guesses in the chat. I'm not going to tell you if you're right or wrong, yeah, no, but throw out some guesses. Um, actually, if you look through the guest history, I, my guesses, my guesses, it'd be pretty easy to uh, to figure it out. Uh, but drop some <laughs> comments here in the chat and let me know if you're watching right now and you've never jumped in before, never jumped into the chat, comment. It's my first comment and we'll give you some love. Uh, Colton says, I'm an everyday listener, but always in podcast form. There you go. Yeah, you can find us on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex says you're doing a great job. Love the shows. Love you, Alex. And Tyler says hashtag save the beatcast. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> Bag milk has the power to save it. That's uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, let's get to our bets today. Liam, did you clean up as well as I did against the Nashville Predators? Yes, I think everyone did. If you bet on Leon Drysaddle, you cleaned up pretty well that night. So. He was plus one fifteen to go over a point and a half. 
Hyman cleaned up. I had Hyman uh, to score right. as well. We had the Oilers to win and Drysaddle at plus 200. Also, I hit one of the big Betway builders. It was 14 to 1, Liam. I nailed it. And uh, I'm just going to pull it up quickly, actually, to make sure I read it off right. Betway is just... The best. Just a, the given season is over at Betway. Sorry, it was 13 to 1. Oilers to win over six and a half, and Dry Saddle to score two plus goals. Um, my girlfriend Amber's listening. You're getting a good Christmas present this year, thanks to uh, that <laughs> wager. All right. Uh, but what do you got tonight? All right. So we spoke about it earlier. The Blues penalty kill stinks. So I went with an Oilers power play goal in the first, well, not Oilers, I guess anyone, but I'm assuming I'm open to the Oilers. Power play goal in the first period, plus 120. And then if the Oilers are going to win, I say it every time I make this bet, McDavid's probably getting a point or two. So Oilers to win and McDavid to get two plus points, plus 125. I was, the bet way caught up to us a little bit though, Tyler, because both that one that I, so I, I hit the one against Nashville, which was, McDavid to get a point if the others win and Drysaddle to get one if the others one yeah. two. And they were both plus money, but today they are both one. McDavid is minus 150, I believe, and Dry is minus 138. So there's still a little bit there. Yeah, like yeah. It's still worth a hit probably, but you know, I like to chase a juice people. So we're going to be chasing a little bit. Maybe I got to go a little bit more aggressive on my bets if I keep saying chase a juice, but anything Maybe. plus money is good for me. I think this is, a, I feel like tonight might be a sneaky overnight. I kind of thought that too. So in that case, and- why don't we take a gander plus 400 Oilers to win over six and a half and Leon to score again? Plus, plus 400. 600. Plus 400. May as well. Hmm? He's on a roll. He like is. you said, he's two, two five point nights this season. Could be a third tonight. Yeah. Uh, my bets today, I really like targeting Zach Hyman. I did it on Daily Faceoff Live. Uh, this guy to pick up an assist in the hockey game which he's done in four of his last five games as well. That is paying out minus 118 on Betway. Great spot. Also, this guy's shot prop. He's crushing it, Liam. Just crushing it. Hit it in five in a row. Hit it in eight of his last 10. It's plus 110 tonight. You're going to keep giving me plus odds on Zach Hyman hit his shot prop. I'm going to keep making money off it. It feels like the dry McDavid over one and a half points in the playoffs. If it's there, you got to hit it. If it's there and plus money, you take it. You take it. I was kind of looking at puck line too, but I didn't want to get too greedy and ahead of myself. But I think it could be a good night for the Oilers. We've talked about all season, how inconsistent they've been, how consistently inconsistent. Now they're finding a bit of a rhythm. I'm believing in this team a lot right now. And I think they're believing in themselves too. And the fact that the Klim Costin thing that we showed before to me, so it's a little bit of confidence within the team. Yeah. Uh, someone was asking in here, it was an interesting question. How do you feel about McDavid getting power or penalty kill time? It's interesting. So the like adjustment that. they've kind of made this year is like last season, Drysaddle was the guy that killed, right? He was out there to win draws, ice the puck, and then he'd get off the ice. And this year, they put McDavid out there. And I thought Jason Greger had an interesting explanation to it that having McDavid out there is either Greger or Struddy on their show. Um, having one of them out there or having McDavid out there kind of keeps the other team's best players on edge. Remember that game against Washington? Carlson tries to flutter one in, McDavid knocks it down, goes the other way, scores. So just McDavid out there buzzing and the threat that, okay, if I try a risky pass as a guy going up against a penalty kill with Connor McDavid on the ice, if I try a risky pass and it doesn't work, that guy has an odd man the other way and we're probably giving up a goal. So does it put the other team's stars in a weird spot? Yeah, I think think that's a good way to put it. And I... (laughs) On the flip side, it's it's somewhat similar to like the Ovechkin shot on the power play. You kind of know what he's going to do. Like yeah. he's there and he's going to be a threat. Like it's obviously a bit different because McDavid's mm-hmm. not going to have the puck, but also the speed factor is, what's that saying? I always forget it, but it's like no, the best off, the best, best defense. Off. Yeah, best defense good is a good offense. offense. So McDavid, I get it. Like people probably want to see his minutes come down, but also the penalty kill has been stinking this year. Mm-hmm. If he's a difference maker on it, then that's fine. I'm not expecting him to go out there and block shots and stuff. And I don't think anyone is, but his, his speed is almost just as good as blocking a shot. Yeah. You know, it brings a different level of the penalty kill. Yeah. So I'm in on it. 
I do also think, and someone reached out to me through the DMs and asked this question that, are they not putting dry settle on the penalty kill? Notice when they had a five on three, it was Nuge who handled the bulk of it. Are they not putting dry settle on the PK because maybe he's hurt? And I am not saying this as like a report or anything like that, or I'm not saying I have inside info, but it wouldn't surprise me the least. If there's something they're just monitoring with dry settle and they're like, hey, you don't need to do that. You don't need to take a shot off the foot, take a shot off the ankle and go down with something. There might just be an area they're keeping an eye on and they're saying, hey, we don't need to risk anything here. Yeah, and maybe that's also why McDavid and Dreisaitl played together a little bit too. Yeah. Like it could be a factor into things. And like you said, we're not sitting here saying Dreisaitl or McDavid are injured. And if they are, then they're, boy, oh boy, they are playing very well through that injury. But uh, just on the penalty kill thing, like Dreisaitl, I remember this one because I was at the game, but when the Oilers played Buffalo earlier in the season, Dreisaitl was the centerman on the five on three, or maybe it was a four on three yeah. penalty kill when uh, Rasmus Darlene scored. So I also just think the Oilers, like I said just a second ago, penalty kill hasn't been good, probably just finding different ways to shake things up and try and find a little extra juice in themselves to get the penalty kill back to a decent standard. Yeah. Five likes away, by the way, for 100. Uh, I got to say four, four likes four. away, yeah. All right, we are done our betting. Shout out to Betway, 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Catching up on a few uh, chat things here before we dip out for the show. A very well-viewed edition of Oilers Nation every day. Um, we do have a new episode of the Real Life Podcast dropping right away. So I got to go uh, run and do that. Oilers and Blues tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop down at Rogers Place. Let me just give one more quick uh, peruse through the chat here. Uh, Desker says he's starting to skate more with the puck, which is nice. I hope Clowder can still move with it when he comes back. Yeah. And hey, Oilers 7-3 and three in their last 10. No Fogel, no McLeod, no Kane. You're missing 33% of your top nine still, right? So yeah. again, there's never any guarantees that a team is fully healthy. But when it is, if the Oilers can maybe just get, get Fogel and McLeod back, get those two back, Shuffle everyone down. Lineup looks a lot more complete. I think this is a team that can win at... I, I don't want to set like the bar too high. I think the Oilers, from January on, the goal should be you're a 600 points percentage team. And that should yeah. put you in a spot to potentially win the division. They, Like you said, I kind of off the start. Like they can move into second tonight with a win, right? Mm -hmm. So... I don't think that the aspirations have changed on this team. Like the start of the season wasn't wasn't good and wasn't up to a standard of what this team should have been at. But now it seems to be finding themselves back on a track a little bit more. And yeah, mm -hmm. I think the division is well within reach. It's kind of all this the, the division's almost balanced itself out a little bit yeah. more now. And the others have a softer schedule. We've spoke about Anaheim a ton. I can't remember if we mentioned it yesterday or where, but Anaheim's gonna get worse and the others haven't played them yet. Yeah. So that's promising. They haven't played San Jose, the Kraken. They've played Vegas once. So there's a lot of promise for this team. I think the division is well within reach, obviously. And still winning the whole thing is still within reach, too. Yeah. Uh, someone was asking about Connor McDavid if 150 points is uh, actually something to realistically expect this season. It was one of my predictions this year is that he hits 150 points and he scores 50 goals for the first time. Well, he's on pace for over 60. And he's on pace for, as it sits right now, over 160 points. Something tells me he does it. A big question I would have, though, is he get to 100 quicker than he did in the All-Canadian season? That was 52 or 53 games. Can McDavid potentially do 100 points in 50 games? I, how can you bet against it right now? That's the thing. I was, I was just going to say that. Like, how, can you, how can you say no? Mm -hmm. like, obviously, it's a very tough challenge. And, yeah. But, also, we, he's playing with Dry Saddle right now, too. They just both had multi point nights again yeah. the other day. Like, there's nothing to say he can't go and do this. This man could do anything he wants, in my eyes, because he's mm -hmm. the best player this, in the league. And he's not even close. There's no one even close to him. So, yeah, I think it's well within reach. So, he got 152. That was it, right? Yeah. 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 Why not? I'd love to find the odds. Yeah, uh, McJesus was asking if there's any odds on that. I don't think so, but you could probably honestly message a book and they might give it to you. But it, <laughs> tell, just based on how they usually treat Connor McDavid, you're not going to get a good payout on McDavid to hit 150 points. He is one point away from the 60-point mark, Liam. One point away from the 60-point mark, and it's game 31. Only four other players have even hit 40 so far this year, and one of them is his line mate. The guy's pretty good. It's, it's nonsense. The guy's pretty good. We are two likes away. 
Two likes away, everybody. Let's get those last two likes, and then we'll wrap up today's edition of Oilers Nation every day. Wrap up today's short for giant game day edition of the show as well. Uh, Blues in town. Yes. McLeod back soon from Colton. Any news there? No. No news yet on Ryan McLeod. When they sent down Benson, I heard it's because they thought maybe Fogel was going to be close. That's clearly not the case. He's not going to play tonight. But I think you're at the point where... Uh, Fogel feels like it should be days, not weeks with McLeod. I just, I have no idea. I haven't heard anything. And uh, there is our 100 likes. So that'll be a wrap on today's edition of the show. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Shout out to our lovely sponsors, Soho, Down on Jasper, Sherwood Ford, The Giant, Sports Closet with three locations, St. Albert Mall, Sherwood Park Mall, and Kingsway Mall, Cornerstone Insurance, and Betway. Big shout to Frank Saravalli for coming in and having a great conversation with us, and to The Real Clean Shady for giving us some fantastic content here on a Thursday afternoon. Thanks for tuning in. Honestly, thanks, because that was one of the best feud shows ever, and we loved it. If the Oilers go 6-2 and two from here till the end of December, 100 bucks coming your way, Edmonton Food Bank, and we got some people joining us as well. Enjoy the game. We'll chat tomorrow, everybody. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.